If you will, turn over just a couple of chapters to John chapter 15. When I first knew in the depths of my heart that the Lord was calling me to step away from being full-time in pulpit ministry, I, I would continue to preach and mentor and guide and disciple and teach and such, but to step away from doing this on a full-time basis, uh, I said, Lord, you know how much I love my people, how much I love my church. How can I best prepare them to step into the future that you have for them? And so early on in that process, he began to, to, to illuminate my heart and my mind to, to scriptures about foundations for the future. And they're foundations that we know. They're things that we've walked in. They're things that we have followed and been the, the really course guides for us all along. But put together in maybe a fresh and a new way. We are called to be Christ followers. And as Christ followers, we get our primary marching orders from Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, where Jesus said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Denying yourself is where this starts. We can't have two people on the throne of our heart. We can only have one. And so dying to self means we yield daily and, and moment by moment to the lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. But then he says, and take up your cross and follow me. Well, what does that mean? Getting a couple of, of two by sixes together and nailing them together and dragging them around everywhere we go? No, we realize that taking up a cross is a lifestyle. It's how we live out our faith in a day-to-day -day way. And so we've taken the cross as a symbol of what that looks like, where the, the horizontal and vertical meet is where everything begins, and that's with abiding in Christ. We looked at John chapter 15, especially verses 1 through 5, and we saw that, that everything flows out of our love relationship with God. If we're not in an active, day-to-day, -day, renewing uh, love relationship with God, if we're not drawing our, our energy and direction and foundation and purpose for living from Him, then, then we're, 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 not, we're not with it. We're just floundering. We're just pretending. But being a Christ follower starts with being in love relationship with Jesus Christ. And we, we dealt, spent a whole Sunday dealing with that. But out of that love relationship, there's a yearning. I want to know more. I want to know more about you, Lord. I want to know more about myself. I want to know more about this crazy world around me. And so we find that a cross is anchored in the ground by living in the Word. As we go to the Word, as we read the Word, study the Word, pray the Word, meditate the Word, and specifically do the Word, that love relationship with God grows enormously. And he shows us so much about ourselves and so much about him and so much about how we're to live in this world. And out of that love relationship and being in his word, then he, he challenges us to pray that truth. And that's that upward part of the cross. To pray in that truth, to believe in that truth, to pray it over others, to pray it over our church, to pray it over our nation. And so we're growing in this vertical direction of our love relationship with God. But the cross has a horizontal dimension. So out of that loving relationship we have with God, 
We, we grow to love the people that God loves. And that's roughly divided in, into two groups of people. There are those who have already given their lives to Jesus Christ. And so we learn to fellowship with believers. How do we love one another? And we looked at all of the one another passages in the Bible and how it tells us what, what it really means to fellowship with believers. But the other arm of the cross we looked at last week, and that's loving others that Jesus loved, but that haven't turned their life to him yet, don't even know about him yet. And that's loving lost people. And we talked about how we always need to keep that list of people we're praying for that don't know the Lord and that are searching, or maybe they don't even know there's anything to search for yet. So we find the horizontal dimension of that is fellowshipping with believers and witnessing to the world. What ties all this together is our central theme for today. As we close out this, this series, I want you to look at John chapter 15. Turn over a, a couple of chapters or a page or two. And I want you to find just verse 13. John chapter 15 and verse 13. Jesus said this, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Will you pray with me? Father God, I ask you to so send Holy Spirit into our midst and so prepare our hearts that we will hear from you and your word. And it will have an impact on how we live life. It's not just ink on paper. It's the living, active, and powerful, eternal word of Almighty God. And we stand in your presence as we open your word. Speak, O oh Lord. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So Jesus gives us the greatest example. Just a couple chapters earlier there in verse 13. He did something shocking, something amazing, something that nobody in the room was willing to do. And, and that was take on the, the role of the humblest of servants and to wash the dust off of the feet of one another. And when Jesus did that, I mean, there's so many things in here uh, that I could preach on. He, he, he said he, uh, uh, he, he was willing to be a lowly servant, so we should as well. Uh, he was giving a practical example. We should do that. Uh, I, I'm not greater than he is, so I need to do as he did. But it's the last sentence that I want you to call your attention to in that verse 17. He said this, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Now, will you let that settle in for a minute? Let that settle in. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Here's the promise of the blessing. And I want you to get this. I want you to grasp this truth. I want you to apply this to your life. It doesn't matter so much what you know as it matters, what are you doing with what you know? That is the essence. The blessing Jesus promised comes in the doing, not in the knowing. In the church of Jesus Christ in America today, we know a great deal more than what we're doing. Many of us 
know a great deal more about being a Christ follower than we're actually practicing. Many of us know a great deal more about the Word of God than we're actually doing. Many of us know a great deal more about prayer than we're actually practicing. Many of us know a great deal more about church than we're actually engaged in. Many of us know a great deal more about witnessing than we're actually doing. So here's the point. I want you to sense Holy Spirit saying, the blessing is in the doing. Will you hear that one more time? The blessing is in the doing. Now say that with me. The blessing is in the doing. This is key. And and it doesn't just come out of an isolated passage of Scripture. God wants his people to understand that the blessing he wants in our lives and through our lives comes in the doing, not in the knowing. You see, we... We have substituted knowing for doing. The truly wise person listens to the Scripture. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 24, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. A truly wise person puts the words of God into practice. They are doers of the word. I think we have have substituted sitting on the premises for standing on the promises. There's a tremendous difference engaged here. We have substituted knowing for doing. We've substituted doing great in-depth Bible study. We want to go down. We want to go deep, preacher. We want to go deep. Amen. Hallelujah. But what are you doing with it once you get down there that deep? How is that being expressed in transformational living? Paul said, you know, the people are ever learning but never coming to a knowledge of the truth. As he was speaking to those in Athens, you remember what he said? He said that all they do all day is wanting to know some new thing. But they still weren't doing even what they knew. How is it that that I can go and do? Well, you consider yourself a servant. Just like Jesus did. You wake up in the morning as a servant. You go to bed at night as a servant. It becomes your DNA because it was his DNA. We listen to Mark chapter 10 and verse 45. Jesus is speaking. I think we can honor it when Jesus especially is speaking. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Our theme in Foundations for the future is love God, love people, and serve both. And it flows out of the, the, the great commandment. Jesus was asked, what's the great commandment? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And the second one is like, like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. You see that in this horizontal dimension of the cross? Yeah. And the vertical? And they, they cross right there in abiding in Christ? And he says, what does this look like? Well, the Great Commission tells us where to go into all the world. 
and making disciples of all of the nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. These are cardinal truths in the scriptures. These are undeniable words of Jesus Christ. And there are marching orders. And, and when you boil it all down, it comes to loving God, loving people, and serving both. This is the foundation for the future. Well, Brother Fred, how do I serve God? You know, in the, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, times like this, you're talking about that, that the priests, they would go into the temple to serve God. We don't have a temple. There's no sacrifices to make or, or whatever here. We serve God in worship. We serve God as we do what we're created to do, to cry out in praise and adoration and thanksgiving unto him. That's one way that we serve God. But let me tell you the way that is so incredibly practical, too. We serve God by serving others. You remember what Jesus said? When you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me, he said. You want to know what it is to serve God? Serve those whom he came to serve. That's the essence of who he is and what he was always about. If anyone had a reason to be served, it was the Lord Jesus Christ when he came. King of kings and Lord of lords, creator and sustainer of the universe. But he put on flesh and blood, born as a little baby, and spent his life in service, in dedication to others. That's how we serve God. Well, Brother Fred, how do we serve people? Same thing. Same thing. Years ago, Henry Blackerby did a Bible study for us, you know, and experiencing God. And you remember what he would say over and over again? He said, put on your spiritual eyes and look and see where it is God is at work in the community. And when you see where God is at work, go there and join yourself to him. Because he's at work. God is never not at work. He's always at work. And he calls us, look around and see what he's engaged in. Seeing where he's changing lives. Seeing where he's engaging sin and suffering and pain and agony. And join him there where it hurts. That's one of the wonderful things we get to do this time of year when we do this special offering. Uh, we, we make shoeboxes to go all the way around the world spending the gospel. And then we do this special offering during the year for Lottie Moon. And this is where the men, our missionaries are all the way around the world. And not a dime of this goes to any administration. It all goes to help free their hands to do the work God has called them to do. Oh, I, I love that video. Whew, that just, mm. We serve people by being engaged. Here it is. Uh, let me say it again. The blessing is in the doing. Say it with me again. The blessing is in the doing. I talked to a pastor friend of mine several months ago, and uh, he's served, and he's had a couple of generations of pastors in the mountains up here. And he was telling me about, he said, at your church, have y'all ever had a quitting meeting? I said, a What? He said, a quitting meeting. And I said, I, I don't know if we have. I wasn't there for it. And he said, well, it's something that, that happens up here in the mountains, years and years ago especially. And it's kind of like a revival. 
But people get fall under the conviction of Holy Spirit, and, and Holy Spirit leads them to quit doing some things, to, to quit drinking, to quit lying, uh, to quit cheating on their wives or whatever. And, and they'll publicly stand and say, this is what I have been doing, but I'm quitting it. And man, we could use one of them around here. And he said they, they were having right in the middle of a quitting meeting and everything was going so wonderful well. And this sweet little lady, and, and if, any, if there was a saint anywhere in the church, if there was a prayer warrior anywhere in the church, she, she stands up. And she comes down to the front. And she asks the pastor if she can speak. Well, you don't say no in a situation like that. And she said, Pastor, I ain't been doing near enough around here but I want you to know I'm quitting it. You got to wake up. Now think of that. You got to think through that. And, and I, I think that's where we are. We can get so caught up with all the blessings that we have in our nation and here in our church. And you see, you, you, you can come here and you can slip in and slip out and you might not be missed. You can come, you can go to a Bible study and maybe not, and you might not be missed. You can come and, and give or not give, and it may not know. Um, of course, you can kind of find a lot of places to hide in a large church. A lot of places that you can hide and just kind of be there, just, just kind of be a spectator, just kind of be an observer and kind of watching everything that's going on. Listen to me, friends. I love you. God never called us to be spectators. God never called us to watch what's going on. He called us to be participants, to be engaged in what He is doing. Because the blessing is not in the observing. The blessing is in the doing. The blessing is being engaged with Him. I, I, I know some of you in our early service, especially some of you are retired, some of you are getting a little older and you've put in years and years of service in the church, and I understand that. I'm beginning to know what it is to be tired. But you know what? Paul said something in Galatians 6, 9, and 10. He said, let us not grow weary in doing what is good, for in the proper time we will reap a harvest if, if we do not give up. There's no retiring from the Christian life. There's no retiring from sharing the gospel with other people. There's no retiring from any of that. Our faith must do something. Or you know what the Bible says? It's meaningless. It's meaningless. Listen. Listen to what? James put it this way. He said, faith without works is dead being alone because faith works faith works faith does something faith is transformative faith is participatory faith is something that we are engaged in and here's the thing God has uniquely gifted every person in his church with spiritual gifts that make it possible for them to serve in the church and then the church to serve all the way around the world. So you just have to ask Holy Spirit, how are you gifting me? How are you leading me?
And, and your spiritual gift is not to sit here and tell us how it ought to be done. Or tell somebody that's trying to do something how they're doing it wrong. When your new pastor comes and he asks, you know, what is it you do in the church? Are you going to tell him, well, I sit back and give my opinion, whether it's night last for or not? Please don't. When the new pastor comes and he asks, what is it that you do in the church? Say, well, I critique the music and I critique the pastor and I critique everything that's going on. Please don't do that. Please tell him how you express your love for Jesus Christ by how you're engaged in gospel ministry somewhere, somehow. That's the church God wants us to be, and that's the pastor that God is going to call here. And the two will mesh if we realize that the blessing is in the doing. We're followers of Christ. Simply put, being a Christ follower is a lifestyle change. It's a lifestyle change. If, if there has been virtually no change in your lifestyle since you've come to faith in Christ, will you please get on your knees and ask God why? Because even if you've grown up in church, even if you've been in Sunday school and vacation Bible school and all the camps and everything from the time that you were able to crawl, and you've grown up knowing all about everything in church life and all the Bible stories, God still wants and needs to transform your life. Transformation is still necessary, and that's being born again. Being born again. Folks, you need to understand that we are in God's army and everyone is on active duty. Nobody is in inactive service. We're all full-time. We're all on the ready. No one is retired. Everyone is on call. Am I getting through to you yet? Do you understand what I'm saying? The foundation that will lead us into the future God has for us. is a foundation that out of our love relationship with Jesus Christ, we're growing. We're growing in that heart relationship, deeper in His Word, more powerful in prayer, loving one another, loving this lost world, and finding that the blessing is in the serving. These are the foundations that will take us into our future. Let's pray about that journey. Will you join me in prayer? Father God, as we come before you right now, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart that you called us not to come and sit, but to come and serve. And there is no other calling. Every member in our church is called by you to be engaged in ministry somewhere and somehow. There are no excuses for being too old. There are no excuses about being too young in the Lord. A newbound baby Christian can serve. 
Lord, we've heard it and heard it and heard it. But the blessing is not in the hearing. The blessing is in the doing. This morning, my message has been to the Church of Christ, not to a lost world. So the plan of salvation is not here. But the plan to work out that salvation in fear and trembling is here. And so, Lord, you've been moving in our hearts. There are some here right now that need to do like that precious lady did. To say, I ain't been doing much of nothing, but I'm quitting. I want to be meaningful, helpful, and engaged in what God is doing in my church and through my church into this community. Father, some may want to come in a few moments and just come to the altar and pray. Praying that these foundations will find their way into each of our lives. And that our new pastor will find us loving God and loving people and serving both when he comes. Some may want to come and unite with our fellowship today. Some may want to come and say, I've accepted Jesus into my heart. What do I do next? So Lord, in the next, next few moments, as Ed leads us in this song, as Tony and Derek are right here at the front, and the altar is open, Holy Spirit, move and tug our hearts as only you can. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You stand.